Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. And I did mention in a previous episode where I did a recording on typical rookie mistakes that I would do a follow-up podcast because there were just so many. And I feel I wouldn't do it justice by leaving these particular mistakes out. And I think I've been guilty of all of these on this list. Yeah, I looked at the list here. And yeah, I'm guilty. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. I briefly mentioned falling in the pool in the other podcast and said I would probably talk about this more. And I've fallen in the pool at three times, I guess two and a half, I fell into a spa, so I was partially in that pool. But I think what made my particular mistake the worst, and this was a pool where it had rock formations on one side, which I really hate, and I don't really like the rock formation pools, but I was walking on one side of it to clean it, and I just fell right in there in three feet of water, and the gardeners were there, so they had a good laugh. There was three or four of them there. And all of them stopped what they were doing, looked at me. They tried not to laugh too hard, but unavoidable. And that was my first time in a pool, and I had an audience. Not as bad as some people, but I did have people watching me. Of course, my cell phone was shot. It wasn't any of the waterproof type. It was back before those became popular. But that does happen. And usually it will happen when you're doing something that takes some acrobatics back there. Like this particular pool with the rock formations. I just kind of lost my footing and I went right into the pool. I would recommend that if you do have these pools that have these fake rock formations or any kind of pool with any kind of weird edge where you could lose your balance and fall in, that more than likely you're going to. So take your cell phone off when you're cleaning the pool. Put it by your service cart or tote. And just, you know, make sure that you don't fall in the pool with your phone on. And this is one of those, the risk of service being out there. You're going to fall in a pool eventually. And that's kind of like your, you know, your christening or your, you know, you're no longer a rookie after you fall into a pool, I guess. Unless you fall in on the first week, then you're still technically a rookie. You're just falling to your pool, your first pool a little early. And you should be a really good swimmer. I had someone ask me one time that they wanted to do pool service, but they don't know how to swim. And I was kind of like, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. You should know how to swim really well if you fall in with your full clothing on. And I would say doing pool service without any ability to swim would be definitely a no-no. So go to the YMCA, learn how to swim, and then apply for the job because that's going to happen eventually. Another thing that I've been guilty of is leaving the pool on after doing a repair or during the repair. And I've done this with the filters and I'm cleaning them. You know, I get careless. It's hot out there. And then the filter comes on while I have the lid off and I'm hosing it off on the grass. I'm wondering what's going on here. And I realized I didn't turn off the pool, which is lucky because then it could have blew off when I was getting the lid off. So it was actually good timing that it happened after I took the filter apart or took the lid off. 
So you got to make sure you're cognizant of the time clock or the automatic timer, what setting it's on. And if you're doing a pool with automation, I definitely recommend putting it in timeout mode so that it doesn't come on while you're doing the filter or trying to take the lid off, which could be really hazardous and dangerous. In this particular occasion, it was a pool that was running. I turned it off without looking at the dial, which was a mistake, and it came on 10 minutes into the filter cleaning, which again was lucky because if I was taking the lid off and it came on, that could have been very hazardous and even fatal in some cases, depending on how much pressure is under that filter and how big it is. So make sure you turn the breaker off whenever you're doing any kind of repair, especially if you're going somewhere and the pool can potentially come on. Let's say you're replacing the grids in the filter. You take those out and you leave the lid off the filter because you're going to come back and you forget to turn the time clock off. Well, that pump will come on and then all the water is going to come out of the filter and drain the pool down. Now that I haven't really done to that extent. I was actually there when the fil- when the pool came on. But if you were at the store when that happened, you could drain quite a bit of water. And there's been several group members who have left the pool equipment on while they were doing repairs and left the site and came back to, of course, problems. So definitely turn the breakers off whenever you're doing any kind of repair. I would highly recommend this also if you have an automated system and you think putting in service mode is going to be enough. Chances are that the power may go out for a certain period of time and then it's going to go back into auto mode. So be aware of that fact. Or the customer may see that it's in service mode on their controller and go out there and put it back in auto mode if you don't communicate well with them. And this happens all the time also. So turning off the breakers at the sub panel and at the main panel is the best way to avoid that because I've turned the breaker off at the sub panel before. The customer saw the breakers were off and turned it back on. So now I turn the breaker off at the sub panel where the timer's at and also on the main breaker to avoid the customer turning on the equipment. And of course, I communicate pretty directly with them to let them know that there's a problem and I have left the pool off. But sometimes spouses don't communicate with each other or other people are at that house. They may turn it back on. So you want to make sure that you clearly turn the breakers off. And if you need to, leave a physical note saying pools off under repair or something like that. Whatever you can to cover yourself so that they're not going to turn the pool on and cause a problem, especially if there's a broken pipe or something of that nature. And one reason you have to be kind of careful with these automated systems, the Aqualink, the Easy Touch, the IntelliTouch, the Hayward ones are kind of weird with the timeout mode, and you really can't leave those in service mode too often. But with the other three that I mentioned, the Easy Touch, IntelliTouch, and Aqualink, you can easily leave these in service mode in accident, and then you're going to get a call from the customer sometime during a week saying the pool's been running for 24 hours, hasn't turned off, and you have to go back out there. Or you can just tell them, oh, I think I left it in service mode. You probably don't want to do that and have them push the buttons. I usually go back around and fix that error and just let them know that there was a problem with the system. If they ask you specifically what happened, you can say, well, I left it in service mode. I apologize. But normally you can go back there and just take it out of service mode, put it back in auto or timeout. So just be careful when you're pushing those buttons that it lands on timeout and back to auto if you ever do put it in service mode which I rarely do anyway. It's usually an accident. I'm trying to go to timeout mode. I don't hit the button hard enough. It goes into service. I'm busy, not paying attention. And then I leave it in service mode. I've done this probably three or four times I can that I can remember. And every almost every time I kind of remember this. Or there was one time when I went back a week later and the pool was still on. So that's a big oops there. I don't think the customer even noticed that it was running 24-7. But that does happen if you're not careful hitting those buttons on the automated panel outside. Here's one that I've been guilty of 
maybe twice. I, I got to admit that the first time I didn't learn my lesson, I guess, but being lazy when it comes to algae, and I've, you know, I talk about this all the time that being lazy out there is going to cost you a lot more work when you get back there. And I was at a pool, and I think this happened a couple of times over the years where it just had a little bit of algae on the step area, maybe a little bit in the deep end. And I didn't really pay attention or treat it, you know, very aggressively. I really learned this lesson to really pound the algae really aggressively. So whenever you see just some algae on the steps or the deep end, you really want to shock that pool, put some algaecide in there if you have some, and bring that chlorine up really high and circulate the pool. Check the filter to make sure it's not dirty. Do whatever you can to counter the algae because it's there for a reason. And if you get lazy like I did and not treat it, I just put the normal amount of chlorine in there. I didn't bother treating it. When I got back there the next week, it was like, whoa, you know, what happened here? It was like a total yellow disaster. The pool was just full of algae. You know, it was one of those things where it's like, I probably should have treated this more aggressively. And the reason why I said this, I did this a couple times because there are some times when I'm not paying 100% attention and I didn't treat the algae and the same thing happened again. And I'm going to admit to only two times by doing this, maybe there's more, but two times I know for sure they're fresh in my mind because the pools look so bad the week later. And it turns out that, you know, the customer was okay with it. They weren't really paying attention either to their pool that week, thankfully. And I was able to reverse it by really bombing it out. And it took two or three weeks to actually get rid of the algae completely because I let it get out of hand in the middle of summertime. So treating algae aggressively is something that you need to do and be on top of. Because if you see algae on the steps or maybe on a deep end and you don't really aggressively brush it and treat it, chances are that's going to bloom into a huge algae problem. And then you're going to be brushing the pool in 100 degree weather, sweating, trying to turn this thing around. And this happens to everyone out there. I think everyone's been kind of guilty of doing this and not really treating the algae when it needed to be treated. And on that same note, I've been to pools where it's near the end of the day. It's really hot out there. And I noticed that the filter pressure is really high on that pool. And I should take that filter apart and clean it. But instead, I don't. And then I suffer for it the next week because then the pool starts to turn. So I think one thing that you have to be aware of is that sometimes you're just going to have to bite the bullet and clean that filter. Give it a quick cleaning if you need to and get everything running again. Because if you don't do that, you're going to pay for it the following week. So the same concept with algae goes with a filter that's dirty, you definitely want to backwash it or clean it. And a lot of times if it's a cartridge filter, you have to take it apart and hose it off. So it's a little bit of a pain if it's not your normal filter cleaning time. But it's something that you have to do to avoid problems from just exploding out there. One thing you really need to be careful with is the muriatic acid you bring back there. Especially if you have a service cart, you want to make sure that the acid lids are on there good when you take the cart back there. That none of it's going to drip while you're tilting it backwards. Usually in the tote, you don't have that problem. And one thing you don't want to do is put the acid bottle directly onto the pool deck. Because if there's any acid residue on the bottom, which is more than likely in a lot of cases, you're going to leave a round circle on the pool deck. And you don't want to do that. Or half moon on the pool deck. Usually I'll dip my acid bottles in the pool before I set them anywhere. And if I do set them down anywhere, which I don't, but if I have to set it down somewhere, I'll put it on the skimmer lid because that's kind of a safe place where you're not going to stain anything. But I usually keep my acid bottles in the tote 
And on occasion, if I do have to put a chemical bottle down, I'll put it directly on the skimmer lid, and that way it's protected, or the grass, or somewhere like that. And be careful with the grass of the homeowners, because if you get any chemicals on there, you could kill a certain spot on there. And some people are really particular about their grass. I found this out over the years that, you know, if you kill any of the grass in any way, with any kind of chemical, they'll notice it right away, and they'll be on top of you. So be very careful of your customer's grass. And don't drip any acid onto the driveway or the pool deck area. And I did have one incident where I did drip some acid on the pool deck. And luckily it was an older pool deck. Couldn't tell. And that was the first time that happened to me. And the last time I was really careful from that point on not to spill any muriatic acid. And I always keep it in my tote or in my service cart. I don't have it anywhere else but those two places. And I make sure the lid's on there securely. If I do leave it anywhere, it's not going to be on the deck. And this is something that you have to be aware of. You don't want to spill acid anywhere around the pool area. Since I'm on the topic of muriatic acid, I guess I should share this one too. And you should be careful when you pour the muriatic acid into the pool that there's no one around and that's going to get a whiff of it. And this has happened maybe once or twice where there's been landscapers or gardeners around. And they pour the acid in, not really thinking because I'm not paying attention, of course, to the proximity. And then I see, you know, especially on a cloudy morning, you can see the, the plume of muriatic acid gas heading towards somebody. They start coughing and you're like, oh, sorry, you know, I, I apologize for that. It does happen. And you never want to, of course, add muriatic acid when the customers are around the backyard or if the kids are back there. Even with pets, it's really tough sometimes because if the dog is falling around the pool and you put the acid in, they're like sniffing and wheezing afterwards. So be really careful when you put the muriatic acid in the pool that there's no one around that's going to get that whiff of the plume of, you know, toxic gas. And just be careful yourself. You know, I've gotten caught a couple of times by the toxic plume when I'm not careful. And so it's really Definitely overpowering in some cases. So be careful when you're pouring the muriatic acid in the pool. And the last one I think I'll touch on here is more of a business problem. And this is not charging for the chemicals that you're putting into the pool properly. And if you haven't been charging for the three inch trichlor tablets outside your pool route, or your normal rate or your maintenance dosage rate, you're going to have to move the customers out of that and start charging for the tablets. Now, this may not happen right away because right now the price is inflated, but you could gradually, you know, get them out of having the tablet charge included or any other chemical charge included for that fact, except for the maintenance dose of chlorine and muriatic acid. Some people don't like the itemized kind of billing. They like the all-inclusive, but I find that it's easier when things are outside of the actual monthly service charge that you can charge for the tablets, CalHypo tablets, any kind of algicide, phosphate remover, anything you put in the pool, you should be charging the customer for because then you're losing money in that case if you're not charging them for that. Unless you have an all-inclusive rate that's going to be adjustable to cover the inflation and the chemicals that you're going to be purchasing, I find it easier to raise service rates and then also have the customer buy the chemicals that I'm putting in their pool. But that's just me and that's just my business model. But you can fall easily into the trap of including all the chemicals and not charging enough and losing money when the price goes up like it has the last couple of years. And I definitely think be aware of the cost of your chemicals for your route and how much of that you should be passing on to your clients 
by having them buy the chemicals or by increasing your service rates. And this does fall into the category of rookie mistake because unless you're really aware of how much your chemical cost is, which a lot of people starting out aren't really aware of it, unless you really sit down there and look at it, you could really be losing money by you know, paying for the tablets for your customer or paying for shock or anything above the maintenance dose. And this is something that you should be aware of. If you didn't tune into the first part of this podcast, and you can also find it on my website. Just go to swimmingpoollearning.com, or you can find it by going to my website, I should say, on the banner. Click on the podcast icon and just scroll down. It was just a couple days ago when I did the other episode here on Rookie Mistakes. And of course, you can listen to other podcasts while you're there. If you want to enhance your business, definitely consider my coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.